G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, something of a interesting way to look at things that are happening and developing around the Western world right now, where some in churches are defying government regulations to do what they believe is the right thing to do in church life. And there are challenges, and it's not an easy thing to talk about. In fact, there may be all sorts of complications. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been thinking through one of those issues this week, and he's joining us today for our update on a Culture Watch Friday. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, you've been thinking through very carefully on issues of Christian compromise at this time because around the world we're starting to see some Christian leaders moving to what you might not think is a mainstream evangelical position when it comes to the way the state is dealing with the church. Uh, Give us some insights here. Yeah, well, Corona certainly raised a lot of issues as to how far the state can go, how much it can Uh, tell the church what to do and how much uh, restrictions can be placed on the churches, including simply whether they're even open or not. So I've been writing about this matter, of course, for about six months already. And uh, in a new piece, I looked at a bit of church history to tie it in as well. This is not the first time there's been these kind of situations. How far should Christians go? How far, in fact, can they compromise with the state uh, and, uh, you know, when does that compromise become, well, really apostasy? So uh, right now we have big battles in the U.S., certainly, as to uh, Christians, uh, pastors wanting to keep their churches open when the governors or mayors are saying they must be closed. Uh, I guess John MacArthur is one of your more famous cases that's bubbling, bubbling along as we speak. So John MacArthur in the U.S. saying that churches need to maintain their right before God to open and to serve him above the state. And that's causing some issues because there are health concerns in all of that. And uh, and he's getting support from well-known Christian leaders, Bill. Yeah, well, that's right. He's had a number of uh, defenders, including big names like Franklin Graham, uh, James Dobson, and so on. Of course, he's also had critics from other Christians. Some Christian pastors in California have said, no, we shouldn't uh, allow our churches to be open because we're putting people's lives at risk. And then there's others who maybe do a kind of a third uh, option. Uh, Pastor Greg Laurie, also in California, who I think your listeners would know. Uh, I think he's got himself a very large white tent in which he's offered uh, you know, people to go outside and do the social distancing and so on. So it's it's certainly generated a lot of uh, debate and controversy. There's something here just swirling in my mind right now, Bill, and I'll pop it out and uh, we'll see whether you think it has any relevance. 
Uh, and that is the idea that sometimes if you take a very fundamentalist idea of God being above the law and uh, therefore disobeying the law when there is a public health pandemic that's going on right now, uh, that we might actually be some ways compromising our own uh, responsibility, even a duty of care to the people by not taking into consideration the health advice and therefore in some ways uh, doing something perhaps a little more creative, using new initiatives to make the best of a bad situation rather than uh, go head-to-head with the state. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, again, it's, uh, as we say, there's different views on this matter. A piece I did about four months ago on the original question, uh, should churches close because of corona? You know, I looked at a number of issues. How far can we go with virtual church, you know, uh, Zoom or Skype or whatever you do? Uh, Is that real worship? Is that, uh, you know, maybe for a little while we could do it, but is that really what God had in mind? Hebrews 10.25, of course, commands us not to neglect the assembling of ourselves together in corporate worship. So, you know, how far can we go with uh, online church for a period, I suppose, for a while when there's a real health risk? That can be one thing. But as MacArthur, for example, has argued, he's not aware of any cases in his own church of uh, somebody with corona. Uh, You know, he's done the numbers like so many of us have. He says, look, 99.96% of all those in our state of 40 million are totally unaffected or certainly not going to be any fatalities because of corona. Um, And he says, look, in this case, we must serve God rather than man. This is a direct uh, conflict of the state taking over a role that it's really not allowed, telling the churches what to do. So here he's taking a strong stand. But Again, different Christians have different views on this, so my recent piece looks at this also in the light of some examples from church history. It draws uh, some comparison to uh, in your neck of the woods, in Victorian areas where there's no coronavirus pandemic, there are a lot of... Uh, different council areas that would like not to be under the same sorts of regulations as everybody in the city right now because there's no coronavirus there. But coming back to John MacArthur, he's certainly not afraid to say it as he sees it. And uh, even at the risk of driving a wedge, uh, and this at this point even uh, between church leaders as well. And so in driving a wedge creates a lot of interest in the topic, gets everyone thinking deeply about what they do, because he's seeing his particular church not being at risk, whereas others in the next community, the next suburb, may actually be in a place of very high risk. Yeah, and I think he would acknowledge that. He would say he's not trying to uh, cause division here or trouble. He's simply saying, at least in our church, we seem to be doing pretty well. We're not aware of uh, cases of corona. And we think we have an obligation to fulfill our biblical mandate. Sure, if he uh, was aware of a church down the road, a bit further down the road, in which there was some big outbreak, well, you know, I'm sure he'd do the sensible thing. But again, like many of us have said, uh, overall, the numbers are still relatively low, uh, not really anything more than your annual flu season. 
and certainly a lot more people dying every year, whether from smoking tobacco or car crashes, that, again, the bigger issue is, is the government overstepping its marks here? Is this lockdown measures that we're going through uh, justified, or is it really going over the top? So a lot of these Christian leaders in the states, uh, they're certainly... Um, asking uh, how far we should go in submission to the state. And uh, I think that's questions we all need to ask. And questions we'll regularly ask in our conversations like this one on a Friday. How far does the church go? What is it that crosses the line? And this is one of those things that is developing in that direction here in Australia. Do I obey God? Do I obey the state? And then interestingly, when you've got the state versus the church, when those do stand up and say, uh, no way too far, then you've got the divisions that happen within the church. And you've also been reflecting, as you said, on some church history here where this type of thing has happened before, back in the fourth century. Yeah, well, that's right. There's certainly always been cases of church and state conflict. Um, the early church had plenty of seasons of persecution. Sometimes there were periods of uh, it wasn't too bad, but there was one famous episode in the early 300s. Uh, Diocletian had what was called the Great Persecution from around 303 to 305. Things were very bad indeed for the early church back then. Uh, and one of the things that the uh, rulers demanded of Christian leaders was that they hand in their Christian writings, their scriptures, to be burned. Uh, so, of course, well, as you say, uh, talk about a, a division within the church. Well, some did, some compromised, some gave in, handed over their scriptures, and some didn't. So there was not only that kind of division, but the real issue arose once the persecution finished. Uh, what do we do with these leaders who did compromise? What do we do with them? Do we allow them to go back as priests and uh, Christian rulers uh, administering the sacraments. So if you know your church history, there was a big uh, big fight, actually, that arose over this. There was a schismatic group called the Donatists who said, no, we should not allow these people back in. We need a peer church. These guys compromise, therefore they have no right to uh, do things like the sacraments. But another big name that most people would have heard of, uh, people like Augustine said, well, look, compromise is sinful, but even more serious is uh, the disruption of the church, breaking up the church. So they had quite differing views on this. The mainstream church went with Augustine, and uh, the Donatists were declared to be a more of a heretical cult-like group. But uh, again, the division's there. What do you do? How do you deal with those who have given in during times of pressure? So in my article, I say we're not quite there yet. But mind you, for those of us living in Victoria, it feels like we're quickly heading that way as more and more really onerous restrictions are taking place. Uh, churches have been closed for months and months. Um how far do we go with what the state demands of us? Or is there a time to start, uh, you know, saying, no, we must obey God rather than man? And for those who do end up kind of compromising, 
uh, with the state. Well, how do we deal with them later on? So church history can give us a lot of stuff at least to think about in these kind of uh, difficult days. Well, Bill, I think you would agree. Uh, We'd be pretty happy that for now in Australia, some of these thoughts are hypothetical. What if the state goes so far that Christian writings are being burned or banned in some way? Uh, But certainly around issues to do with coronavirus, I imagine that we all ought to be thinking of ways that we can preserve unity, but at the same time have an open debate as to what is right and wrong when it comes to obeying God and obeying the state. Yeah, well, again, uh, I wouldn't even say it's all that far off into the future. Um, Well, certainly for somebody like John MacArthur right now in California, for example, he can face, and especially see what he does on Sunday, he can face both uh, heavy fines or even imprisonment for defying the state. So that's very real for him right now. And, uh, and just interesting today, I got a uh, social media message from one Christian evangelist I know who said today he was arrested and handcuffed by the police for violating some of the shutdown orders here. So Uh, Again, it's already happening. Some Christians, maybe they're foolish or maybe they're faithful. Again, there'll be divisions here and debate in the same way. Uh, But already it's uh, happening. A lot of Christians are getting quite antsy about, you know, how many months are we going to keep the churches shut down? Uh, What if God calls somebody really a strong urge to preach the gospel on the streets? Uh, violating some lockdown orders. So, yeah, these are real questions I think we have to face now. Do we disobey at times the state? Do we be willing to take the consequences? And what if it gets even worse where Christians are forced to violate their conscience? What do we do with those believers who do kind of compromise the faith? Is that heading into the area of apostasy? And what do we do with people in that case? So, Once more, 2,000 years of church history at least gives us a bit of stuff to reflect upon. We're not dealing with brand new questions here. Well, it may not be as far away as we might speculate. And, of course, over the years, we've talked about different times this idea of civil disobedience. When is it time for Christians to stand up and say, no, I honour God first? Well, let me point people to Bill's latest articles, the one we've been talking about today called On Christian Compromise and Treason. You can get a hold of that when you Google Culture Watch one word or go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.